So, I'm assuming you're watching The Mandalorian much like I have. And if you've been watching The Mandalorian for Season 3, like me, you have five burning questions going into the finale you need answered. Let's talk about them. Hey guys, Brent here for Geek Ferrance. If you're already subscribed to the channel, you already know what we are about. We talk about the Mandalorian, we talk about Demon Slayer, we talk about Titans Season 4 going into the conclusion. As we have covered movies, TV, television, comics, all that amazing stuff. If you're interested in that stuff, be sure to hit the subscribe button, bottom right corner. If not, like, dislike, comment, let us know what you think in the screen above. We'll look, the five questions that need to be answered, we'll start off with question number one. And this is the question that is the most prominent question in fans' minds in this season. Who is the spy? And obviously, there's a couple names that have been floated out. Let's start with the three main names that are listed. We'll start with the least likely one, Axel Wolf. Start off the bat, this dude, straight up, red herring. He's always being listed as edgy and antagonistic and just straight up barbaric. These are Mandalorians. This is who they are. He stayed very true to his roots. As far as a sellout of his entire race, yeah, no. I'm just gonna go flat out no on him. He's not extreme enough for that. That's not who he is. That's not what he's about. Let's look at option two. And this option, while unlikely, would have the highest amount of impact on the show overall, and let alone this season. Bo-Katan. And I know everyone's gonna look at me like, you're crazy. Why would you even suggest this? Look, who had the most to gain from destroying the cultists? and getting rid of Din in one single move. The person who's wanted the Darksaber the most since the end of Season 2. The one who was pouting on her throne room to begin the season, talking about how everyone left because they couldn't respect her because she had nothing to offer because she did not have the Darksaber. Hum. And then all of a sudden, she regains power, regains Mandalore, and ultimately gets to... Knock off all of her enemies in one fatal blow. I'm just saying, it is extremely unlikely, and it's not the person I'm rooting for. But this would have the highest amount of impact on the show overall and make most fans go, oh my god, this just happened? Bokutan would be the person for that. But the third person, and this is easily the most likely person, and it's the person who I predicted would turn on everyone and be the main villain at the beginning of the season. I have a prediction video to back this up. The armor look. She is an extreme zealot. Not even a cultist, a zealot for the Mandalorian culture. She has put herself above everybody and everything time and time and time again to ensure that she's the one in charge. Din has the damn Darksaber. She's still calling the shots and telling him he's nothing. And for some reason, he's listening. I'm holding the Darksaber. That makes me the rightful ruler of Mandalore. What you say does not matter. I'm just saying Din has been way too nice this season as far as that goes. And the armor has always disliked Bo-Katan and the Night Owls and everything that they've done on this side of Mandalore. She wants it to be an entirely different thing that fits within her ideals. And guess who was mysteriously missing at the time that everything went down at the end of last episode? The armor. I'm going to take everyone back space to make sure they're safe um odds are you probably orchestrated this with the people that showed up in the ship 
you happen to axe them off so no one can tell anything. And now you're getting rid of everybody else. I'm just saying, it's you, Armor. You are guilty. So that is the answer to question one. The question two that is on everybody's mind, will Grogu do anything valuable this season? And the answer to that is unlikely. Look, they kept Grogu on because it's fan service. And it's because it sells toys and merchandise and keeps people involved. You know, your girl who barely likes Star Wars but saw Grogu was like, oh my gosh, he's so cute. What show is he from? Yeah, that's why you're watching this show. And then originally, and then the show is just so good that you keep watching that. Yeah, that's that's why Grogu's here. And now that he's got a battle droid thing, that's a whole new toy you can sell with a whole new action figure, plush figure, whatever you want to call it. New Funko Pop. This is exactly what Grogu is. He pushes, he pushes merch. That's all he does. He is easily one of the most useless Jedi we have seen in the history of all Jedi. And sure, he could turn this around and start riding a mythosaur. But again, that was just to push action figures, dolls, plushies, Funko Pops. Because, you know, Grogu on top of a Rancor will eventually become a Funko Pop from Book of Boba Fett. It's just going to happen. But now to a more serious question, question number three. Who's going to save Dan? And this is the same thing that went on at the end of season two, which is why I think some of the writing is a little bit lazy. Din was captured at the end of season two, needed some rescuing. End of season three, Din gets captured, needs some rescuing. And I'm going to start off with a name that we started season two as, the very end, Luke. The biggest cameo in Mandalorian and one of the cameos that upset me the most. I have my reasons. But ultimately, Luke was the one that rescued Din last time. He will not be doing that this time. If you do that again, fans will likely riot. It is lazy, sloppy writing. Luke is the most OP Jedi in the galaxy currently. And to have him have to come in twice to bail out Din? Yeah, it's it sure puts some credibility on his name and really gives everyone the idea of how much of a BA Luke was between the time of Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. But also, it's entirely unnecessary. The show's called The Mandalorian, not Skywalker episode God knows what. We don't need you. Stay away. Bo-Katan. And while I've listed her as a potential spy, she can also be a potential hero. She's very, very gray at this point in time. She's leading more towards good, but in my mind, I see gray when I see Bo-Katan. She is just simply this way when I need her to be on this side for the good side or on this side for the bad side. She's very unlikely to be the hero here. Uh, her past history should say enough. You couldn't save your sister when Mandalore fell. You couldn't stop Maul from overthrowing all of Mandalore. You couldn't stop the Empire from destroying everything. What are the odds you're going to destroy this Empire remnant? Not good. Not good. Four times. Four failures. Your planet fell. Your sister fell. Your entire regime has been garbage. I like you as a character, but this is outside of your capabilities of growing. I'm just saying that right here right now which leads us to our two likely candidates and one of them is a fever dream i have one is reality we're going to start with fever dream ezra and for those of you unfamiliar with rebels i'm talking about ezra bridger the guy who went off into hyperspace with thrawn and then all of a sudden we didn't see any of them again we just saw thrawn in the ahsoka trailer now we have ezra potentially coming back for this which would have huge implications upon the Ahsoka series overall, because she's looking for him for reasons that are varied. But ultimately, 
I don't think he'll be here, but this would get the biggest pop out of the fans. This is the one that everyone would start losing their minds collectively and be like, this is exactly what we wanted. It's a huge, huge cameo to have come up for us ultimately. And it's something you would have had to hit exceptionally well, but Disney has done very well on hiding cameos. We barely even knew about Luke last year. So that's fantastic that they're able to pull this off. And then obviously, while I already said her name, Ahsoka. I believe she's going to be the one that comes and saves Jin. I mean, Din. Sorry, I said Jin. It's spelled exactly the same. Ahsoka is going to be the exact same cameo that Luke had. They're going to give her some type of hallway scene where she's just absolutely knocking people down left and right. Filoni has had a huge flavor for copying and pasting that at certain points in time. Favreau has taken notes and will continue to do the same. Sure, it's a copycat of the end of season two, but would it still be impactful and make the fans very happy? Yes. Yes, it would. And here we get to question four. Who's going to stop Gideon, and will he be stopped this season? The answer is it's going to be a Jedi if it is done. Just plain and simple. Showed nobody else has any capabilities of making this happen at all. Gideon is operating on a whole different level that unless you're a Jedi, you cannot hang with. But ultimately, season forms are already been confirmed, so he's not going to get stopped this season. If he stopped him this season... Thrawn will have a cameo in this episode and will have to take over for next season. That is just how things are going to go overall. Having Gideon be this kind of level of villain is amazing. Giancarlo Esposito, amazing actor. I appreciate you. You are killing this role and you're providing a lot of credibility to Star Wars that previously has been lacking since a certain company was sold to somebody else. Disney. But just saying, Gideon, you've done a great job. I want you to continue on to the next season because season four is already confirmed. And this ends up with question number five. Will we see Thrawn, Ahsoka, or Ezra? Thrawn, no. We're not seeing you. I would love to see Lars Mikkelsen in this role. I'd like to see him pop up at some point in time. It needs to have a better rhyme or reason that he's going to be here for either leading Gideon through every step that's been happening or to overthrow Gideon or to stop the Jedi from succeeding. Um, it kind of ruins the impact of next season's impact for Ahsoka, but it'd be cool, but unlikely. Ahsoka, yeah, we're going to see you this episode. In my mind, there's absolutely no way that you're not going to have some level of impact. Look, she is a necessity as she already has history with Mandalore. And for those of you that watch it, Clone War, you knew she was there when Mandalore fell. She was there battling Maul as the planet's whole fate was going to be decided. And ultimately, she had a huge impact on how everything played out, and she's already friends with Bo-Katan. So you continue to add those two and two together, you're going to get Ahsoka popping up because Bo-Katan, if she is a hero, will call her. She will show up. She will rescue Din and save the day. She obviously has already impact with Grogu and Din as well, so she'd have more than enough reasons to come out and come handle some business. Which leads us to Ezra. Look, you'd have the biggest impact of any character on this series possible. However, it is very unlikely. Having you show up here would ruin the impact you have for Ahsoka. And I continue to harp on that point of impact. You need to have something that pushes the needle. Star Wars fans like having stuff that's a little bit edgy, a little derivative, and a slightly different variation of each and every time. If you continue to copy and paste things, we will notice, we will complain. We're not always known as the best fan base, and while we would pop big for Ezra, 
save that pop for a time where he deserves it in a whole different series that has not tried to retcon all of Mandalorian to be the show that just creates all these spinoffs. It's been an amazing run with Mandalorian. Let's not ruin it. Be sure to subscribe if you've made it at this point in time. Drop your predictions below. Like any of these theories that I have. Dislike any of these I have. And come at me in the comment section because that's where it all goes down. We'll see you guys tomorrow night for the Mandalorian finale. See you then. May the force be with you.